<laughs> I like this a lot. Welcome back to Giggle Bros Podcast. I'm Dan Holloway. And I'm Ross Patterson. <laughs> I'm not going to smile this entire episode. Oh, I'm going to smile the whole time! <clears throat> I, I can't do a good Ross impression. Uh, I, can do I, I could by just disappearing. <laughs> I can do a great Dan impression. Yeah? What do you do? Just focus on no joy? Yeah. yeah. So I, I love Dan do that so anyways. much. Dan was at a comedy show after they had Giannis on the Drinking Bros. Uh, I saw Dan at the show that Giannis was on. And Dan, I, like, I talked to him at the bar, and he said he's having a good time. And then I saw him watching the show, and just, <laughs> and like, away. that's how he enjoys comedy. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yeah. When he laughs, it's it's uh, it's deserved. Yeah, I I think it's probably just like some weird shit with my dad, but I want to make Dan laugh <laughs> so bad. <laughs> like Dan, just approve of me, please. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> yes, <laughs> tell your face. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you said to me at the Mark Rebier concert at the Roxy when we were on like two points of Molly. And I was just like so overwhelmed by what the fuck is happening on stage. Why is he in a kimono? Why is he <laughs> saying new words every time? And then why did 70 people just join him on stage also in kimonos? <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? And you're like, are you having a terrible time? Like, no, this is great. You're like, tell your face. <laughs> fuck, last night was fun, man. Dude, last night ruled. We did a we did a roast battle at Creek in the Cave, uh, me versus Mike. And uh, how do you guys think that went? <laughs> yeah, Mike won. <laughs> they felt asshole. bad for him. They're like, we got to root for the fat guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Also, his jokes were pretty good, <laughs> and I stuttered. Dude, my favorite part of it is that uh, a couple we're so far away. I know a couple different people uh, came up to me after the show, and they're like, well, you clearly had that one. I was like, it doesn't make me feel better for you to shit on Eli. <laughs> like, like, he did good, too. <clears throat> but uh, then, like, you know, I, I mean, so we're going to put the, the full roast did battle it, on Patreon. Did anyone think that we were, like, <coughs> actually mad at each other? No, no one's that stupid. Oh. Dude, uh, a buddy of mine that I went to high school with, uh, he lives in Austin. He's lived here for a few years. The other night, uh, when me and Brittany were finished packing, we went to this bar called Lala's. Are you familiar? No. So Lala's is up off of, I believe, Justin Lane, like Justin and Burnett up north. But it is a Christmas-themed bar. Oh, I have been there. And it's Christmas year-round. Uh, and then they just don't do anything on Christmas. So. Their drinks are so sugary and delicious. Yeah, they have. Well, so now it's on like the... <laughs> The, the this is their time to shine kind of menu. They have a iced Irish coffee right now. That's fantastic. But anyway, so we had a couple of gift cards, so we went there to like celebrate finishing our first like trip of moving. And uh, I ran into a buddy of mine from high school who I played football with, and uh, we chatted a little bit. And then he came to the roast battle last night and thought we were both awesome. Nice. And him and his girlfriend thought we were hilarious. So that was <coughs> cool. shout out Michael Bankston. I feel like we should throw out some of the roast jokes we didn't use on here. Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. Would you, do you remember any of yours off the top of your head? Uh, I already got it pulled up. Well, fucking good for you. I, uh... Oh, I skipped, uh, Eli looks like a white privilege action figure. If you pull the string on his back, he says, my parents bought me a Tesla. Oh, I just got a, um... What? A text. Uh, this guy that I punched in the face of 
many years ago, uh, just went to prison for selling fentanyl. So I'm a good person. Yeah, good for you. Take that, fentanyl sellers. Dude, do you, do you know anything about fentanyl? Do you know like a decent amount? I've done it. Oh, wow, that's crazy. That was not what I was expecting there. <laughs> like, like on purpose or like yeah. uh, oops-a-doodles? No, on purpose. Okay. I wanted to see what all the hype was about. I'm insane, that. dude. Dude, I, no, I take that back. I had a fentanyl lollipop in fucking 10th grade. That's like a medical one, right? Yeah. Some kid at our school got them and then sold them to all of us for like 20 bucks a piece. But I remember sucking on one of those and it was nice because I went all numb on the inside and warm. No, I bought some fake Vicodin because I was like, I know this is fentanyl. Yeah. So, but, so I, I was taking like little bits at a time. So the reason I ask is like I have always said that people spiking weed is the like it's a dumb like white suburban mom urban myth. Like no one that has a more expensive drug is going to waste it by putting it on a cheap drug. Yes. So that's what I always stupid. said. But but like several different cities now, I think the most recent being somewhere in Minnesota, uh, weed that they've like arrested like teenagers with on the streets has tested positive for fentanyl. And the CIA is definitely involved in this. Yeah, you think it's the CIA or China? I think the CIA is in, cahoo- in cahoots with China. Dude, cahoots is a fun game. But uh, <laughs> the, the reason that I bring this up is someone said, like there was a meme going around that someone sent to me, obviously, uh, if you're smoking your weed and it smells like burnt popcorn, then that uh, is like, stop, it has fentanyl in it. I and mean, once you're that, at that point, you're already going to die. That's kind of where I was at, but also like, Maybe you, like, burn a little of the nug in the room and then just give it a sniff. No. I'm not going to waste weed. You'd rather die? I'm asking the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, like, it's because so, I remember I did have a legitimate concern when the vitamin E carts were going around. Because the vitamin E acetate is the stuff that makes your lungs stop being able to, like, it kills all the alveoli so they can't bring in oxygen. So you go... And then it doesn't go into your blood, and you just die, which gives me the most anxiety to think about. And there yeah, that's why I wish I could not do this. Oh, no, those are fine. But it was fake ones of these, the fake CBD carts uh, that they were selling out of California, and the fake THC carts uh, were, like, killing people left and right. And, and, like, you know me, I love a good deal. So, I like, I bought some, like, $10 carts. Well, I mean, think of the last big pandemic uh, drug-wise was, like, the cocaine crack revolution or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's CCR. There was, <laughs> there was so much, there was so much cocaine and there's billions of dollars of cocaine going in uh-huh. America. And it uh, turns out, you know, the CIA was selling it. Yeah. And so I think that there's gotta be something with the, you know, they're benefiting off people dying. It's pretty clear. They want people to die with the whole pandemic shit. So why not take it a step further with the fentanyl thing? Well, this episode has now been deplatformed. <laughs> no, I mean, last time we got into this, we got like five thousand views in a couple of days. So yeah, it's a good point. I don't know, man. I uh, I I get into like some of this stuff, and like I'm still being Dan this whole episode. Oh, okay, cool. I uh, I I get into this some of this stuff, and then I remember that like I have no power to fix any of it. So like you know, I I'm just gonna trust. The you smart could sell Narcan. I don't want to. I want to do comedy. Oh, so you don't want to help the problem. No, <laughs> I, I want the problem to go away, and that's so you don't care. That's fine. I care if it affects me. I'm like a Republican. <laughs> 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 no, I don't know. Well, fentanyl's I, killing our friends, comedians. Less competition. <laughs> <laughs> 
calling it out, dude. If you die of fentanyl, I get your spots. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But if you die of suicide, I also get your spots unless I did it too. <laughs> yeah, if you die of suicide, like, I, we get to use that to our benefit. Nah, I think if a comedian kills themselves, we should be nice about it. That's not what they would want. Uh, if I killed myself, I would want everyone ripping on me. Oh, well, then you're probably not going to kill yourself because you have that kind of mindset. But the people that are like, I'll actually pull the trigger, they're probably pretty bummed. Yeah. I, I, I think it's selfish to stop someone from killing themselves. If they really want to go to the other side, I think that's a personal choice. Their body, their choice? Yeah. You're so woke. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> that's awesome. That's not a woke thing. That's like a... That's like a basic human instinct. Well, then why don't we have uh, legalized suicide? Like, assisted suicide is still illegal in most states. It's, uh, it's legal in Sweden. Yeah. It's legal in a couple places here. Dude, I've watched a bunch of House. I just love the show House. And I know you, Dan Holloway, don't like the show House, but I, Ross Patterson, love the show House. <laughs> and uh, it, there's a bunch of times where they talk about, like, basically... Uh, like helping someone kill themselves by like looking the other way on a dosage or like a oopsie doodles, like, you know, hospital negligence kind of thing where they let the person die because they know that's their wishes. But if it's common enough to be written into a TV show where, I mean, they have staff writers, they have consultants, they have people come in from the medical world and say like, Hey, yes, it's very plausible or no, that's not plausible. Or they correct them. Like don't always say sarcoidosis or whatever. Like what? it's a disease that they bring up almost every okay. episode, but like, they bring in consultants for any kind of TV show. Law & Order, they have real cops come and watch that and be like, hey, this is... They have these people that work in... So it's Hong. accurate. Yeah. Okay. They, that's, that's what consultants, like set consultants do. Yeah. And like movie consultants do. They try to make the film more accurate to life because you as a movie person or a comedian or a writer don't necessarily have like all of the the jargon and I can't think of... Like, so you're trying to tell me that you're actually learning by watching House and no, it's not a waste I'm of saying, time. Of course. But what I'm saying is that if it is common enough to be written into a popular TV show that doctors are kind of looking the other way and helping people kill themselves, then I think it, it gets into this whole world. Why? This isn't funny at all. This, it gets into that whole world of like uh, laws only apply to poor people. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's so – that bothers me. I don't like that. That shouldn't bother you. That should make you want to make more money. That's what America is all about. Uh, no, but I don't like this whole – I think that the, if the laws only apply to poor people, then get rid of the laws. Like weed charges. Like There needs to be a hierarchy because if there isn't and everyone's just on a level playing field, that brings us back to communism. No. And that gives no one any motivation to rise up the ranks. No. That's like me as a white belt saying everyone should just be a white belt. No, that's 0% the same thing. You, as a white belt, to get to a blue belt, have to like, show that you have learned a set of skills and a specific set of skills up to a standard and benchmark that's been established across all of jiu-jitsu. This is white belt. This is blue belt. To be a blue belt and not a white belt, you must do these things. Yeah, now switch out the word with money. Yeah, yeah, but that I, like, I'm saying that like, we're not giving them money. I, I'm not talking about making everybody equal in wealth. I'm saying if a law only applies to poor people, then we don't need that law. Because the rich people are just breaking the law and getting away with it, and the poor people are breaking the law and not getting away with it, and the, and the only difference is the way that it's being applied. When rich people well, get pulled know, over he, drunk, they don't always get a DUI. If you have no money and you're driving a piece of shit car and you have a .05, you're probably going to jail. Okay, let's say that the laws were equal for everyone then. Yeah. The rich people would still be able to do what they want because Good. they could just pay people on an individual basis. Great. Do that. It, it wouldn't really change much. No, it would change much because then you would have, like, look how many people are in jail for weed charges. And the laws, the laws do still apply to rich people. 
they, they just rich people just have more of an ability to fight back. That's what it is. But but there's also like an uh, dude I, like I can tell you I've been arrested while rich and arrested while poor, and I can tell you that even just the way that the cops in those areas handle things. So when I was uh, 15, uh, no, 16, I was 16. My first car was a Jaguar XJ6. It was our family car. It was nice. The thing about Jaguars is they have real high torque, but they're very heavy. So while they have a high top speed, they don't accelerate very fast. And this is an older one. It was a 96. So there's one morning where my sister has a birthday party. So my dad says, hey, take the car. You got to put 100 miles on it. So just drive out as far you know, to the, towards Texas Motor Speedway, turn around, come back. Why? Uh, to reset some computer on it so that I could get an oil change or some shit. All right. Some kind of dumb shit with, with old shitty cars. But nice old luxury cars, whatever. Jaguars sucked. But, so I, I, get, I get in the car, and I start driving out towards uh, like Wise County from where I live in Tarrant County. So from the rich area, straight into the pores. Just driving uh, through NASCAR to the pores. And I get out there, and then I turn around, and I saw nobody the entire drive. No other cars on the road, 10 a.m. on a Saturday. So when I'm coming back, I want to see how fast this car can go. I'm 16. I have no fear. So I just floor it and just wait until it stops letting me go faster. So I get up to like 145, 150, and it's like wow. just tapping the end of the fucking speedometer. And then I see a dot kind of off in the distance, and I'm like, oh, I should slow down. So I, I slow down a little bit, and then I see like, oh, that's probably a cop based on where I'm sitting. So I like pretty much slam on the brakes. And then I'm going 80, and I'm just driving along the highway, and then the cop sure enough pulls out, pulls me over. Um, I always slam on the brakes when I see a cop, even if I'm going the speed limit. That's amazing. It's a bad habit. Yeah. But so he pulls me over. So I get pulled out of the car. I, he assumes that I've stolen the car because he sees a young kid in this nice car out in the middle of fucking nowhere driving super fucking fast. So he comes out and he treats me like fucking like criminal. He hits me with a fucking billy club because he mm. thinks I'm talking back to him. Like it's this whole thing. And then like, you know, he like realizes like, oh, he's a young kid. He sees my ID and that I live in, you know, South Lake, Texas. And like, oh, fucking oops. And so then he takes me back to uh, the jail, and I sit in, like, a rolly chair, like, in his office. Uh, and this is the second time I've been arrested. And both times, once they realized that I was from a wealthy family, the way that they treated me from that point forward was so kind. Like, so kind. You were also a minor. So what? That was a, that's a big factor. I, I guess. What, I, I mean, and white. Yeah. Sure. I, I get those things too, but I'm saying that like the uh, the other minors that were white that were being arrested that were in like the deferred adjudication classes I had to go to, like the ones that weren't rich, their like arrest stories were, were told very differently than mine. You know what were their crimes though? It's the same kind of shit: possession of marijuana under two ounces by a minor, fucking minor possession of alcohol, minor consumption of alcohol, speeding forty five plus. Um, but, like, I also worked in, like, the, the teen judicial system. I was a teen court lawyer. Have we ever talked about this? No. I never knew that. So part of my deferred program for getting arrested for weed my freshman year of high school was that I had to serve uh, a jury term for this thing called Metroport Teen Court, where you go in and it's, it's all people under 18. It's people from, uh, like, as young as 12 up to 17, and you have to have committed a class C misdemeanor. I want to see what the listeners are level saying. Level three, four, or five. Yeah, good point. But so Metroport Teen Court was interesting is if you got a minor consumption of alcohol, you're drunk and 16 at a party, you get arrested. Instead of that going on your permanent record or you going to jail or anything, they send you to teen court. Uh, you got to, that's playing into the microphone. I, I turned it down. Uh, 
they send you to teen court and then you have a lawyer that is another 16 year old who ostensibly has had some kind of crim criminal past. You have a prosecutor representing the state who's also some 16 year old. You have a judge who's a real judge, uh, like they're actual judges with law degrees <clears throat> practicing somewhere. And then you have a jury of your fucking peers, other kids that have gotten in trouble for shit. So the thing is, I would have a client who would be charged with getting drunk at a party. And then I would argue to give them only 48 hours of community <clears throat> service. And the prosecution would argue for 64. The jury would go back and deliberate and choose how many hours based on the arguments. That's so cool. It was fucking awesome. You should have done that instead of comedy. Dude, I wrecked. I won best prosecutor in the state my junior year and best prosecution and defense my senior year. How have we never talked about this? I have no idea. <laughs> because it's nerdy and not funny at all. It's cool, though. Yeah. Dude, but that's also why I know I could never be in a position of power because I could give out jury slips and I would like give them to hot girls and be like, let's hang out later. <laughs> like if I'd had any more power, I'd be like, suck me. You know, like it's just like that. <laughs> you can't give a 16 year old that kind of power. It's crazy. Yeah, I, so my whole thing is that the poorly are treated unfairly, so they should get rich. Fair. All right, Gary V, that was very wise of you. I don't think he says you that. You should pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you dumb pores. Why aren't you working more? No. Never mind that CEO wages have increased 940% in the last 30 years. No, I mean, if you're really poor, you're going to have to die. Do some things. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that there's, uh, like, it's so interesting to see, like, what kind of jobs are out there. So I was looking for day jobs. So I have to have money, and comedy doesn't pay shit. Uh, and when I was putting my actual resume out there, because I've had some good jobs. I coach loan officers. I've made you know, six figures as a salesman. I've got some like, good background. That's so weird. And so, yeah, I know. So I, I sent out my resume to all these places, and I was getting replies for jobs that were $12, $13 an hour, nine to five benefits, have to drive and work in an office, like that kind of shit. And then I just lied and said that I had a bachelor's degree, and I started getting stuff that was like forty, forty-five thousand a year. That's how I got my first job too. But it was all full-time stuff where I'd have to go be in an office, and so it was like I want to have a thirty-five to forty hours a week job where I have the flexibility to leave every now and then for comedy, and you know make twenty-five bucks an hour. I, I mean, I'm smart, I'm talented, I'm I'm really good at a lot of shit. I'm worth at least that, and it just doesn't exist. Those jobs just don't exist out there. And that's crazy because that's, I mean, if you want to be a fulfilled human being, you have to have, you talk about this, your three pillars, professional, you know, if you have like something creative and then you have to have something social, right? Uh, no, it's uh, the three pillars that I live by are something that keeps you creative, oh, yeah. something that keeps you physically active and something to make you extra money with an overarching theme of community. If you can find a community in each of those pillars, then you're doing great. Um, but there needs to be some sense of community. Hmm. So, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I, I like it. I'm just high. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not. Uh, <laughs> or whatever. But, <laughs> but, but like, uh, I don't know, man. It's just like so many people out there that like I talk to that are like trying to find a job or trying to make some more money. Like, essentially, you have to give away all of your free time. Yeah, it if, sucks. If you want to have any income that makes. It sucks for anything. rich people, too. What are you talking about? What rich people do you know that it sucks for? I'm in a group chat right now with 10 dudes who are all pretty fucking rich, and they're not 1% by any means, but they're pretty fucking rich. They're you know, probably they're... miserable, though. No! They're all going to fucking South America and banging crazy hot hookers, and they're going and buying new cars that they picked every feature on, and they're living in beautiful mansions, and they're going to wonderful concerts. And you're, eating... you're agreeing with me. 
They're, they're, you're saying those people are miserable? Yeah. What? Then what is happy? Uh, either being like a schizophrenic homeless person or being in hospice care. Have you ever talked to anyone in hospice? No. It's miserable. It's so gross. They're on morphine. Can't Who be cares? That bad. Dude, it, morphine doesn't change the fact that you used to be able to shit on your own and now someone in their 30s has to help you. Changes the fact that you don't give a shit about it. No, you have to give a shit in your own pants. <laughs> and then they have to give a shit to change it for you. And you're at their whim. And these are people making $35,000 a year that went to school for four years so they could wear scrubs to work and get yelled at by 68-year-old Eli. It's like, I shit myself again. And yeah, so the whim. whole system is rigged. And you're saying fucked. they're happy? Uh, I don't know. I haven't met them. I, yeah. I think I've done drugs before, once or twice, mm-hmm. and uh, it does numb the misery of existence. Yeah, but then, like, any opiate, it wears okay, off. But, okay, but, <clears throat> god damn it, what was I going to say? If, uh... They you, numb the... You, the, you, you keep existence. doing your thing. I'll remember it. You, you say that you've done drugs and they numb you. Why, why, how could a hospice person be happy if they're just... No, I was going to uh, go on a related tangent. Oh, Yeah. Incest tangent? It's oh, no, no. I'm, no. Okay, so I agree with you. The whole system of having to do formal education, get a shitty job, and your whole life is for nothing, and that's like the American system is built around. I agree. And that's why I think everyone should study the laws and figure out how to and, and how business works and how money works so they can break away from that. The few, the proud, check fraud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Casey Rocket will God. not be here today. Fuck. I shouldn't have said that. You guys are going to turn it off now. Yeah, now I'm sad. No, Casey Rocket might be here. What Did you text him? No, I'm about to. You say some more of your conspiracy-minded things. Uh, these are not conspiracies at all. This is just factual. Uh, you guys, it's super entertaining to watch us text, right? Eli, are you in the live chat at least? Yeah, there's people? nothing worth reading. You guys, can you like be legible? Can you has, legible? Can you, They're not, there's no penmanship involved in YouTube. Can you? You're typing. What do you call that? Better typography? No. More accurate spelling? What, what more interesting? Yeah, can you, can, you, can you guys like form complete sentences? Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll read them out. Have you ever heard of a complete sentences? Have you heard? <laughs> the bird is the word. Dude, do you remember when your whole sense of humor was just like quoting Anchorman to your friends? Yeah, I, I've been talking about that recently because, uh, you know, Andrew Craig, the uh, MMA coach at mm-hmm. uh, 10th Planet. Fucking great guy. So he's, he's a real movie quoter. And um, the first like, couple times I was hanging out with him, I was like, uh, like I forgot about that. And I realized I, I had to like, train my brain to not reference movies and, and comedy and stuff. Because that like, path of thinking will come out in your comedy. Yeah. And then you'll like, reference shit on stage, like worst case scenario. And then you're stealing jokes. Dude, I... I- like, do, I will do that in conversation with people where I will quote other comedians' jokes, but I always credit them. Yeah. But it does make me look like an autistic person to know word for word, like, so many different jokes. Uh, there's just No, so it makes you look like a professional. Dude, there's so many good comedians. Like, sometimes I get down on it because you see, like, a bunch of shitty ones in a row or you see people that are bad at comedy and you're like, why do you do the thing I do? But then, like, some of these people are so good at comedy that I see them do it. I'm like, why do I do the thing you do? You know what I'm saying? Grass is always greener. I wasn't listening. When you smoke it? Yeah, I understand that. (laughs) Grass is always greener before you smoke it. Um, Dude, so I want to talk about this because it's truly and genuinely blowing my mind. So 
you, when we first met, you would play me songs by artists like Krangabin and, and Krangabin. Krangbin. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Wow. I've been doing it wrong the whole time in my head. It's Thai. Krangbang. It's Thai. Krangbang. It means engine fly. That's kind of cool. I like it better now. That uh, I, Black Tiger Sex Machine. Anyways. Uh, anyways, you would listen to these, these songs and this music that I didn't understand. And then I was like, well, I want to understand my friend Eli better. So I started trying to listen to some of your music. And then you started making beats. And at first I was like, all right. And then they got better. And now you've started rapping, and we've talked about it on the show, but we haven't talked about this. I got to see you do the Brody Lowballer performance live at Cutthroat Karaoke. Shout out to Bishop and Avery and Burst uh, at Latchkey. And Latchkey every Tuesday is 11 p.m. Yeah, but you came, and the only thing that was taking away from it being a perfect rap performance was that you were reading it off of your phone. Which is totally excusable given how like new you are to live rapping. But dude, well, you're, I you're had actually, just written that song. Yeah, but dude, you're actually very good. Thank you. It's uh, it's tripping me out, and like because you're like good, 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 good at rapping. Like I remember the first time I saw you do comedy, I was like, wow, you're good at comedy. And then now I see you, you're good at rapping. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I don't. I, like- I I still think I suck, but uh. I Good. Think that's the mindset I need to have. Yeah, grind set, baby. The newest song I just dropped is like I'm actually going hard on it. Domestic violins. Yeah, look yeah. up domestic violins, Brody Lowballer. That's on SoundCloud. I don't think I have the the royalties to put that on Spotify and Apple Music yet. Oh, that's so funny. But, um, yeah, dude, I got a whole plan to manipulate the algorithm. Genius. <laughs> Genius. I, uh... I I realized that like hip hop is just a big money laundering operation. I I couldn't figure it out. Like, how are all these like talentless people just flashing all this cash and stuff they sell drugs yeah but like how do you get from that to famous and then i was like oh there's got to be some kind of like inner workings going on where they're just like you know you just pay your way in yeah yeah so if someone without any talent can figure out that system then so can i yeah of course I, I don't know. I mean, I, that, I, that was just the the switch that flipped. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I like. I see a lot of people that get famous with no talent, and it's definitely true that you. Could, there was. I, I want to watch it. Someone told me about it. There's a documentary that someone made where basically they bought a bunch of fake followers and bought fake clout, and then used that to try and make careers for these people. And I think it worked. But someone made a documentary about them doing it. And yeah, I didn't mean to buy fake followers. This guy DM me. Uh, he was like, yo, let me promo you. And I was like, okay. And then he just starts giving me a list of all these package deals. And he's like, yeah, 20 bucks. And I'll get you like a bunch of plays on Spotify. And I was like, all right. And I cash tapped him. And then immediately just blew up. And I was like, these are bots, right? Like, and he's like, not all of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it works, so man. There's, like some, <laughs> there's some crazy shit. Now that the music industry is all numerical and algorithmic, it's uh, it's a whole revolution for the industry, and I'm gonna be dropping my first album as an NFT, and you know I'm just I'm just riding all these like new waves of of technology and fads or whatever you want to call them. I know, dude. You uh, one night you texted me that you bought an NFT, and then you sent me a picture of it, <laughs> <laughs> and then I immediately saved it and made it. <laughs> My Instagram profile picture. It's like it's mine now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. And I was like, well. And then I took a picture of your face and put it on 
on my, as my profile picture. I was like, well, Mike stole my NFT, so I stole his identity. Yeah. And, and then you're like, okay, dude, change it back. Yeah, so here's the exact, NFTs win. Here's the exact train of thought that I had, though. So at first I was like, oh, I have his NFT. He has my face, whatever. It'll help his account if people think he's me. <laughs> and then my next thought was, well, I could just get his account banned and report him <laughs> for stealing my identity. And I was like, hmm. No, I'll let him make it. And then I, I was like, it'll be funny. And it just like... Day after day, I kept seeing my fucking face at the top of my Instagram. I was like, just stop it. <laughs> it's not me. I'm not Casperger's. I should have changed my name to like Mike Eaton one and oh, then God. just posted a bunch of racist things. <sighs> Dude. All right. So I was in uh, Cal. We haven't gotten to have an episode just us since I got back from L.A. from filming my uh, little mini special. And I think, I don't know, maybe we did. And we have had, and we got live Giggle Boys, which was fucking amazing last week. But so while I was in LA, I got to go and visit the Chatterbox, which is my favorite place. Hang on. What? We got a comment. Uh-huh. Sonny Crockett. I took care of my dad for six years, changing his, changing his diaper and later changing his colostomy bag and catheter bag. Taking a bit of his morphine helped the misery of his watching him waste away. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> taking a bit of his morphine. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sonny rules. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Dude, you yes. earned that shit. Absolutely. Yes, that was a cohesive sentence and a great joke. Dude, I, I think it was probably real. That, he deserves it. Dude, I think that they should do that for all caretakers. Like, if you're, like, taking care of somebody and they're on, like, palliative care and they're towards the end of their life, you should get a little bit of their drugs. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, so I'm at, I'm at Chatterbox. Uh, fuck, why was that? T- oh, I was at Chatterbox and I'm hanging out with a bunch of people I haven't seen in a fucking year and a half, you know since I moved back to Austin and, and I'm catching up and we're at an open mic having a good time. And someone said that I should change my Instagram username uh, to Mike Will Eat It, like Mike Will Made It. I like that. And my middle name is William, so Mike Will Eat is like me, So, which is hilarious. Mike Will Eat is my name. But, yeah. But so I tried to make it Mike Will Eat It, but someone else has already made that. So and I accidentally misspelled it, so I did Mike Will, and then it was like M E E E E it or something like that. So I just totally spelled it wrong. So it gave me that username, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I spelled it wrong." And then I tried to make it Mike Will Eat it, and it wouldn't work. And then I tried to change it back to the Mike Eaton, and it just kept giving me an error message. So now I'm Mike is Eaton because I can't have the Mike Eaton back. I was wondering why that happened. I'm so upset. I just want to be the Mike Eaton again, and I'm stuck as Mike is Eaton. I want to be Octavius Thunder again. I'm sure you do. Aren't you doing something cool about that? Aren't you trying to get it back? Yeah. I hired Russian hackers. That's so cool. And then you just accidentally stole the election? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they probably are cousins with the people. No, that, that, was, that, did, that wasn't real. Oh. Uh, I feel like we should have a roast battle and have the audience decide who wins. Yeah, right now? Yeah. Um, Let's go like one joke each. Okay. I'm like, what do you think? And then if no one yeah. responds... Then yeah, I don't think, think anyone's going to vote. Yeah, what do you guys in the chat think? Let me click on the chat so that I can see what you guys are saying. This, what, oh, oh, that's us. That's us talking. I can hear it. Did you guys hear it? It's pretty cool. Mike Will Wheaton? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, Eli can fight to back up the talk. Uh, but... 
Um, not verbally. <laughs> Boom, roasted. No, I, I responded to the chat. Um, I'd be scared if Mike was my lawyer. Oh, yeah, dude, you would be scared if I was. I would be a good lawyer. I don't know. People are saying the word yes. I don't know. Do you want to? That's roast battle. Yeah. All, all right, right, go. I'm, I'm going to use, I'm trying to use the ones I didn't use on the roast battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Tony Hinchcliffe wrote this one. Yeah. His name's Mike Eaton because Mike exercise was taken. <laughs> I like it. I hate it. Uh, the only thing stopping Eli from having a drug intervention is friends. <laughs> Mike's face is always red from years of screaming the N-word. <laughs> uh, Eli started rapping his burly lowballer. He told me it was because if girls are going to keep calling me a rapist, I might as well be one. <laughs> Mike is addicted to drugs because he's too much of a pussy to kill himself. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I, that's all the ones that uh, I wrote. My my opener though, I'll, I'll spoil this one for you. Uh, Eli hates women, which is weird because he's only as funny as one. <laughs> uh, all right, who won? Yeah, vote in the comments. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, I want to get involved with your rap career. Um, I don't want to do any rapping. You are. You're in the show, man. I'm in the show, but what I would like to do is I would like to start doing the white guy drops at the beginning. Damn, son, where'd you find this? <laughs> like, come on. That's Taken. The, the person's name is Taken, or that job is Taken? That's already been done. Or, that's an I'm older thing, right? I'm not going to say those words. I'm just saying we'll pick some new shit. Oh, okay. A Brody Lowballer original production. Uh, yeah, you won again. <laughs> Shocker That's so crazy Eli is a weak Jew name That's funny Because I could kick your ass Elijah That is so Jewy Are you kidding me He said weak Oh Dude my I loved my closer I was really proud of that right Save there. it for the Patreon I know You guys Patreon.com Slash Giggle Boys We got We went below the belt Yeah It was awesome Eli made a joke about my wife And then uh, I had to make sure it wasn't going to cause problems at home. Yeah. She loved it. Yeah, she did. She, she laughed. laughed so hard. She did. Yeah, it was very funny. We That was cool. Everybody uh, enjoyed our roast very much. She was like, you can say whatever you want about me up there. I, I think it's funny. And I'm like, I, I don't believe you. No, Brittany, <laughs> Brittany's awesome. She's, she's awesome. I'm a very lucky guy. I have an awesome wife. Uh, Must be nice. Yeah, it is. It is. But, I mean, like, you know. We'll, so that's why you have threesomes. Yeah, we'll talk about this later, but what you did after Giggle we Boys Live We have a story post-Giggle Boys Live that I have been requested to wait several episodes to tell, so it's going to be... Uh, yeah, like you were going to be in the something. title. Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so, dude, Giggle Boys Live was a great time. The sign language interpreter was hilarious. We brought her out first, so then we had Casey come to a worm report with a sign language interpreter? Yeah. That was so fucking cool. Like, I can't imagine what the deaf community thinks about the worm report. But now they can. We have to get it out to them. And uh, have them, like, write us an article what they think, or just email us what they thought about it. Dude, uh, yeah, sure. I'd, uh, like, I'd like a deaf review. Yeah, dude, a deaf, oh, deaf comedy review? Why do they call it Deaf Jam? Uh, deaf used to mean cool. D-E-F? Yeah. Meant cool? 
Rick Rubin, I think, coined that phrase. Or no, Rick Rubin's the owner of Def Jam. Uh, I don't know who coined the phrase. It's, uh, I think it used to be like an old street term, like, eh, that's deaf. I've never heard that. Most deaf. Yeah. Doesn't that mean most definitely? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Um, His name's just, yes. Dude, so I am, uh, we have a, a fan, shout out to Mars, he's awesome. But who is an? Inter- he's so supportive. He is. He's such a good dude. He was at the roast last night. I love him so much. But he he's an insurance adjuster, and he was telling us on the live that he could help me with my uh, claim about my car getting broken into. Dude, insurance is such a fucking scam. Yeah. Ah, I hate it so much. So the, uh, I have like insurance on my car. So I've got like, comprehensive insurance on my car that covers uh, like a bunch of theft stuff. But because uh, my Stereo was aftermarket. They don't cover any of it, so they they're not going to cover the the other shit. So they might cover my AirPods and the cash that they stole out. I'm also an idiot, and I just used my cards like an extra storage place. So like my center console had two credit cards and cash. Hang on, Elon G challenged me to fight. DM me on Instagram, Brody Lowballer. Let's yeah. set this up. Yeah, dude, Let's you do. guys can fight. That would be awesome. Uh, but so. The fucking insurance company, my car insurance says they're not going to cover shit. They're fucking useless. And then my renter's insurance that everybody was like, Mike, renter's insurance will cover your stuff. That, that follows your belongings. They're in your car. That's what I said. So Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, that stupid fucking thing that the apartments make you have that I pay 25 bucks a month for, that ought to be worth fucking $200 at least. Nope. Because my subwoofers and amps that I put into the car were put into the car and attached to it, it became a part of the car, and the car is not covered by renter's insurance, and the cash in the AirPods and the sunglasses and the grinder and the weed pen and the other things that they stole out of there, I didn't report some of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they didn't add up to enough to meet the deductible, so I get nothing from them. And it's just like, what, what the fuck is even the point of any of this shit? Why do, we, why do I have to pay for insurance if it's going to do nothing but fuck me over? It does nothing to help, and it just costs money. Yeah. I want to burn buildings down about it. Do you want to? But not really, do you because then name those them? people will get fucked by insurance. Yeah. Oh, I th- so I thought about this, because we have a sponsor, which is awesome, but, and we're not going to relate them to this, but I like the concept of having an anti-sponsor. These are companies that I hate, and they give me no money, and they, so I'm going to tell people how much I hate them. So fuck Lemonade Insurance. Fuck them so hard in their stupid face. The only reason that I hate them even more, is that, like, the, yes, it's a bummer that it wasn't covered, but I can understand. But as soon as I filed the claim, they sent me this big, long, very verbose and comforting email like, hey, just to let you know, we don't have a vested interest in not paying out claims because we're on your side. We want to help you. We understand this sucks that you're having to make a claim, but we're not like other insurance companies. We want to take care of the people that are paying for insurance. So I was like, oh, maybe the world works. Maybe a product or service that I'm using is working as intended. And then it didn't. So fuck you, Lemonade, and your stupid pink app mouth. Yeah, if anyone out there has Lemonade, cancel your policy unless you don't care about your belongings. Yeah. I was in the car with you when you got off the – you were pissed. She's like, oh, I just wanted to let you know we can't cover any of your stuff. And you're like, well, what's the point? Thanks for your time, Kathy. Yeah. And I just hung up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, she called back, right? I don't want to. <laughs> I may have made her cry. It's whatever. <laughs> 
You don't get to like do a mean job and then tell someone like, hey, I, had, I hate having to give bad news. Like if you're a doctor and part of your job is having to tell people that they're going to die of cancer, yes, that sucks. And that's a really big bummer. But you can be comforting and you can and be Well, nice. it's not your fault. You're it, not part of the cancer. Yeah, you didn't- you're not like going in there. Like, and if you are as a doctor and you're like, hey, my fucking medical negligence caused your death, then you, you, there's medical malpractice and you get sued and you get fucked for it. But if you're an insurance adjuster and you're just like, oh, hey, I have to, I'm sorry to tell you that our, your policy doesn't cover any of the claim and I can't give you any money. I'm sorry to give you bad news. No, you're sorry because of the consequence of me being mean, not because you're a nicer, good person. You don't get to pretend to have empathy just because you don't like that someone else feels bad when you have an active part in cashing the check that makes sure that they feel bad. Yeah. Fuck you, Limit. Sorry. <laughs> I'm usually such a nice person. I'm pretty upset. At I'm sorry about that. No, you have you have a full right to be upset about this. This is they took everything you have pretty much. Uh I had I had shit stolen from me back in like 2014, and I also used uh I think it was Dairyland was the mother company. Mm-hmm. I basically Milk? You know, I did the dude, probably meat industry bastards. Mm. The whole meat industry is a Satanic sacrifice. It's delicious. Worth it. <laughs> Don't care. You're a demon. It's worth it. Dude, A5 Wagyu, I'll kill a baby for that. That's why you're going to be famous. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I love meat. No, because oh. you love killing babies. Dude, shout out Volman's milk, dude. If you had Vol- you've had the Volman's chocolate milk. Yeah, but anyways, I Sorry. was... Uh, <laughs> I... So I reported my laptop stolen, and I, you know, had to file a police report to do the thing, which, you know, that's not fun. A cop coming in, looking around my house and stuff, and uh, so I get the police report. I send that over to uh, the insurance company. They give me the fucking rigmarole, man. Mm-hmm. I they transferred me so many times, and then I would just be like, okay, I'm not doing this today. I'd call back again and just transfer round and round email them, oh, you have to call this number. The same thing would happen, and it would just lead to nothing. Like, there was no one on the other end. That's, fuck. Yeah. And then uh, there's, a, there's a movie on Netflix called The Laundromat, which is about the uh, Panama Papers, which is this uh, corporation that laundered money from everyone to El Chapo to Saddam Hussein mm-hmm. and other big world powers. And um, uh, there was a, a boat that sank in Lake George, and uh, I think s- several people died. Lake George, New York. Okay. Um, so like a little slow boat that's a little tour around a little lake. Mm-hmm. Old people go on it. Uh, some old people died. They sued the company. Oh, no. The company was like, okay, we got to contact our insurance. Turns out the insurance company was just a shell corporation, and there was no money. So oh, no. They're, they're, get, they're in this million-dollar lawsuit, and they can't pay it out. Wow. So, yeah, insurance is a fucking scam. Yeah. But we are required to have it. Yeah. So, uh, <sighs> everyone out there, figure out how those bastards work. Yeah, and let's take them down. Let's yeah. take down the insurance companies. Let's start a revolution <laughs> and burn them. Yeah, stop trying to change the government. Let's start at the ground level. Insurance companies. Yeah, I want to I wanna kill the owners on their yards <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I mean, that's what you got to do. I don't know, man. I don't. That was part of the problem. Is I have all of these. Uh, all of my it, opinions are pretty much informed by uh, like Reddit, and then also sometimes I just develop an opinion, and then I just assume it's right. <laughs> so like you know, I'm like I'm probably right. I'm a smart guy. I know how things work. And uh, I think this podcast has really disproven that. 
<laughs> I know, I know. It's such a bummer. But whatever. If you Google the things I'm saying, they don't really add up. But <laughs> if you listen, I'm spot on. You're yeah. getting better, though. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had to call you out in a while. But that, that's the funny thing is when I bring up some of my opinions to someone like Dan, who's very well-versed in history, he has all of the, the ammo to be like, no, that's dumb. You're wrong. And, and like, that happens a lot. Like, I get in this, uh, like, you know, I get sucked. Yeah, in. but he also told me that the reason gravity is, has more <laughs> theory behind it than electromagnetic forces is him dropping his phone. No, I was with him there. You, you, what he was saying is that uh, you can't prove that light is intelligent as easily as he can prove that gravity is real. That was all. With that, the right machinery, you could. Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying is that like, you would have to have the right machinery, which you don't have to have any machinery. You just have to have an apple fall out of a tree and hit a virgin in the head. Well, I guess we're back to the laws only apply to poor people. Yeah, poor people don't get electromagnets. <laughs> <laughs> poor people don't have Hedron Collider level machinery. Dude, weren't we supposed to get like a, a particle accelerator in Texas? Oh, you wouldn't know that. You don't care about Texas. What? Fucking, I love Texas. I live here. Yeah, but this was years ago. It was before you knew about the great state. That's true. It's tattooed on my body. <laughs> it's weird that like I love Texas so much, and then I hate a lot of stuff about it. Like I had, I went up uh, for Thanksgiving to go see my grandma who lives. I've in- never been outside of Austin. Really? Yeah. No, you drove. I mean, I've driven Houston through to have a girl lick your butthole one time. No, that was Galveston. Okay, I've been to Galveston. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've been to a girl's house in Galveston, and then immediately back. <laughs> and you've been to College Station to fight. Yeah, that was, well, I was uh, at someone else's fight. That was a fucking, yeah, okay. But I, I haven't been to Houston. I haven't been to Dallas. Yeah, exactly. So these are cities where, like, I lived in Dallas proper for a while, and, like, there are some gems. The Lower Greenville area is great. Like, the White Rock Lake area is nice. But Dallas proper sucks ass, dude. The people there are so stuck up and snobby. Fucking Fort Worth. I heard a lot of people there will drive like Bentleys and then have no furniture in their house. Yeah, dude. 30K millionaires is like the, the, what they call them. So I used to run a pizza place in Uptown in Dallas. And uh, it was so interesting to see these people because they would order. Like I would be a manager, but I was a delivery manager. So sometimes I would also make deliveries to help them catch up. So like... You know, I would go and deliver to an apartment that's fourteen, fifteen hundred a month. That's a one bedroom, one bath in the nice part of uptown. That you know, it comes like empty, and you would go and you'd have to use a security code and walk into this really nice complex with all these amenities. And you'd open the door, and they'd have like a TV on the ground and like a couch. And it's like, what? You, what? I've heard this from so many people, and it's it's because Dallas is so much about how you look and if you can look like you have money like they it, it's a it's a they talk about it in the great gatsby but it's like this gilded age where you have to look way more rich and successful and connected than you are like that's the most important part is appearance and not actually having anything of value and there's a lot of that in dallas that's stupid yeah and then so like all of these people that wanted to issue the we, we're going to wear suits to work and we're going to be, you know, oil men and we're going to party at the right clubs in Dallas. They left and then they started this billionaire boys club of Fort Worth, which is the other city that's about an hour west of there. And, but Fort Worth has the stockyards. So there's like a country western appeal to it. So there's a lot of guys there in jeans and cowboy hats and they have a little bit of a twang, but it, it's not as metropolitan as Dallas. It's, you know, it's more country, but there's still... The Bass Performance Hall there is this big... Where would you rather do comedy? Uh, Fort Worth. 
probably. Uh, Dallas people are going to be too stuck up to laugh at stuff. But, I, I mean, I, there are some great comedy clubs in Dallas. Like, Hyenas in Dallas is great. Dallas Comedy Club in Dallas is great. Uh, there's one that someone told me about. I can't remember the name, but it's in the lower Greenville area. Uh, but, like, I, my very first open mic was at the Hyenas and Mockingbird Station in Dallas on 420 of 2016. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was, I mean, that was honestly a terrible experience. But it was enough to make me want to keep doing it. And I did it, like, I don't know, six or seven more times and then got serious about it. When did you, when did you start? What year? Comedy? Yeah. I don't remember what year, but it was like six years ago. So six minus... 2015, somewhere in there? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, 2015, right after I got back from Thailand. Yeah. So I was like, what do I want to do with my life? <laughs> well, I banged a guy. I've checked off everything else I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually more like, oh, I banged a guy. I have to make this into a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't realize that I had so many things that were stories that I would tell people or things that I would say in conversation that started to be uh, like requested. Like, oh, Mike, tell this story, tell this story. And like, those were jokes. I just didn't realize it yet. Like, yeah. I, they were stories that I told. And when I would tell them again, I would change different parts of the story and add flourishes to details. I was punching up stories. Yeah. I was like adding tags before I even knew what I was doing. I was just like, this is funny in conversations. I want to make more people laugh with it. Good. Everyone should do that in conversations. Conversation is a, an art form, and you need to be good at articulation, or you're going to be boring to listen to. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of uh, being good at articulation, why don't we have a word from our sponsors? What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, well, let me pull it up, and we'll do it. Sponsor time. Say some more things, Eli. Uh, follow Brody Lowballer and uh, follow everything. Follow everything. Dallas is definitely. I fought in. Uh, I fought at one ninety five. One ninety five is the weight you fight at. Someone, someone asked that. I'm down to two. I woke up at uh, one ninety nine this morning though, so I'm getting low, getting slim and fast, like a protein shake. Slim fast. Yeah. All right. Uh, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on the sweet savings direct to you. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love the Mint service. Uh, we've been using it for a month and a half now. Just got my wife signed up. She's using it, saving 140 bucks a month by switching from Sprint over to Mint for her. Uh, the service is amazing. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have enough good things to say about it. It's the best phone service I've ever used. Yeah, they're saving me so much money. Uh, I love it. Uh, for people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. If you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash giggle. That's mintmobile.com slash giggle. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash giggle. I'm texting Casey right now, trying to convince him to sneak off to the bathroom and call in so I can put it on speakerphone. I love him so much. 
Uh, man, I, uh, dude, I've been having a, a good time in comedy. I finally have written a couple of new jokes that I, like, I tried them out a little bit and then they'd stop working and then I had shows where it was, like, important that I do good so I wasn't wanting to try too much new material. But uh, it feels so good to have new jokes that work. I haven't seen them. No, I don't think you have. When's your next show? Um, Monday. I'm at the Green Jay for Tony Casillas, uh, guest of the show. I love Tony. Tony is doing a new weekly show at the Green Jay in downtown Austin at 8 p.m. I will be there. Oh, awesome. Uh, doing probably 15 minutes. And then uh, just another date for you guys on 12-10, December 10th, Eli and I will be uh, at the Blind Tiger Comedy Club in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so that's going to be a good time. Uh, Casey Rocket's also going to be on that show. <laughs> Wait, I told Galen I would do his show on the 10th. Yeah, you're dumb. Uh, well, do Galen's show instead. You can see Eli here in Austin, and then you can see me in San Antonio. Uh, on uh, December yeah. 16th, 17th, and 18th, I will be in Houston. Uh, I'm going to be at The Secret Group, Avant Garden, and uh, I believe somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, those are going to be some real fun shows. I got a show tomorrow night. At uh, Ty Nguyen's house. Ty Nguyen, yeah, you're doing the uh, pizza delivery show. That's such an interesting concept. What, what's the whole thing? So you guys will be uh, doing stand-up and uh, ordering pizzas from different places, and then when the pizzas get there, uh, they are going to try and talk the pizza delivery guy into doing comedy. Oh, man. While he's on his delivery at work. You should just show up dressed in Pizza the Hut shirts and just be like, uh... I'm not making. I should just show up with like a like a microwave pizza, <laughs> just like on a plate. Like you, you call DiGiorno, <laughs> it's delivery and DiGiorno. So. <laughs> oh man, dude, uh, it's so cool to see what uh, is happening in like the podcast world with like the big boys. Like Drinking Bros have their hard seltzer coming. That's fucking super cool. Uh, Barstool. Uh, you know how they, they started with, like, the pizza review? Mm-hmm. He has his own frozen pizza now. You, oh. You can go and get a Barstool Sports, like, one-slice, one-bite challenge pizza. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's actually pretty good, too. I tried it, of course. <laughs> I fell for marketing. I love marketing. Did you win the challenge? I don't, I, I don't think that I understand the challenge. Cause you I have can, to eat it all in one bite. I can fit a whole slice in my mouth in one bite, of course. Really? Yeah, you just a fold. I don't believe it. There's a bunch of real good pizza places here, Wait, man. Where, I'm going to buy a slice of pizza later. We're going to test this out. Mm, it just got hard. Uh, <laughs> dude, we went to 888 last night. Yeah, that was good. So fucking good. If you're in Austin and you haven't been, 888 is a fantastic <laughs> Pan-Asian restaurant. It was me, Mike, Darian from uh, episode 18, and uh, Trey, who looks exactly like Darian. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> so when we got there, it's me and Darian and Trey standing in the parking lot, which is one of the few times where I look small. Yeah. Like, like I'm standing between the two of them like, oh, you're big. And then... They go to sit us down at our table, and they're going to sit us at a booth, and Trey and Darian look at each other, and they go, I think we're going to need a table. <laughs> <laughs> and they sit us at a table, but the only four top that's open is directly in front of a band that is playing. 88's Pan-Asian Cuisine. So you can get pho, you can get like pad thai, you can get like Chinese classic like General So's and orange chicken, but then they have like Panang curry, and a, they, like... Every, all the Asians. All the Asians. Like Pan Except Asian. for sushi. Yeah, they, that, no sushi. But everything else. It doesn't and, extend to Japan. And then the music that they are playing is like 
bluegrass folk music. It was it, like Mumford and Sons. Yeah, it was a guy and a girl with just like a couple guitars, and, then, and they're they're singing this like almost country music, while like there's not a single person in the restaurant that besides Trey that looked like they enjoyed the country music. Yeah, yeah. So we had to sit very close to there, and then we've they, had a lot of weird experiences at that restaurant. Yeah, last time there was a uh, like a homeless dude that came in. That was a black guy that started yelling about how white people were. He was like, "Fuck all you white people!" It, and it wasn't even like it was predominantly Asian people. Yeah, like, yeah. Me and you had like three or four other white people in a restaurant of fifty people. And he's like, "Fuck all you white people!" And he wasn't even looking at us at all. And then, and then like one of the black guys in the restaurant went up to talk to him, like, "Hey, stop, stop, stop. It's okay." He was like, we're brothers here, man. Yeah. He like de-escalated. I was like, that was cool. It was really cool. I wish that I had the... I, I don't ever feel that kind of kinship when I see a white He kind of like guy. teared up too. He was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was like a... It's like the finale of like a... 90s. Season two of Atlanta. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen that. I was going to say like a, like a Denzel Washington in the 90s movie. Dude... So I, a training day. I, I did not it? realize how truly retarded I am, but... <laughs> I just... I... So I, I talked about this on stage. It's not a joke, which happens a lot. I got genuinely very sad one day thinking about how Lenny Kravitz was dead. I was like, God, I can't believe Lenny Kravitz died. That's so sad. And then I remembered Lenny Kravitz is not dead. I didn't remember. I Googled when did Lenny Kravitz die, and it says he's not dead. And the third link is when Lenny Kravitz died in The Hunger Games. His character died in The Hunger Games, and my brain was like, Lenny Kravitz is dead. <laughs> just save that information wrong. That's actually really interesting. It's so sad. That just goes to show you how the media can manipulate your mind. Dude, I was a thousand percent certain that Christopher Lloyd was dead. Christopher Lloyd is Rick. What? Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. I know, but he, he doesn't voice him or anything. He just he looks like him. His, his spirit lives on. He's no, no, he's not dead. He's not dead. I was 100% certain dude was dead. Not dead at all. Did you ever see My Favorite Martian? Yes. I love that movie. I dressed up in a space suit and went to school, and I told everyone I was from Mars, and then the teacher called my mom and was like, your son has problems. He thinks he's an alien. And I was like, Mom, I don't think I'm an alien. I just want them to think I'm an alien. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched a cool movie. Your teacher's a cunt. That's stupid. Have we talked about the time I made my teacher uh, cash out her retirement to put a lawyer on retainer? <laughs> Can you not say that while I'm inhaling vapor? <laughs> Dude. Fuck Miss Bohm. Virginia Bohm. That was my third grade teacher at the Highlands Catholic School. But she, uh, she ripped my holographic Alkazam card oh. in, in half. So that was like when my... my so from... Uh, I mean, my parents got divorced at two. Yeah, and that's destruction of property. They're pretty broke. Like, my mom was you know, trying to recover from that, and she's a single mom, and she doesn't have a college degree, and she goes and gets a job and, like, works her ass off. So my mom's, you know, pulling herself up by her bootstraps. American dream. Good. Yeah, she's awesome. And my dad is, uh, like, just starting to get sober. So uh, by the time I'm, like, it's also good, I guess. seven or eight, my dad has got his shit together. He's uh, married my stepmom, who's a psychiatrist. You know, he's moved from apartments into a nice home in Dallas. So, like, things are starting to get better. So, like, Christmas presents started being fucking dope. So I got, like, uh, the year before, like, for Christmas, I got a holographic Charizard. And, like, I had a holographic Blast. Dude, I saw that on eBay for sale for $300,000. Yeah, man. Like, if I had kept all my Pokemon cards, I'd be so rich. But I did. But I had them, and I loved them, and they were my favorite, and they were so cool. 
and then he would bring them to school and like show them off and like you know hey friends look at the cool card I got and I was showing off my holographic Alakazam in class and uh, Miss Bohm took it and ripped it in half and then I used some of the arguments that I'd heard my dad use on people he was mad at and like things that he'd said when he was pissed off so I was like, I'm going to sue you and take everything you own. How dare you? And like, I guess she realized that in the moment that she had fucked up. And so she was not in class for a couple days. And then we had a meeting, and I, I had to go into the principal's office. And it's the principal, Miss Bohm, some dude in a suit, and my dad and my mom. And whenever my dad and my mom were together after they got divorced, it was like, oh, I'm in trouble. And, and then we're like, you know, sitting in the, the principal's office and she's like recanting all the stuff that I said to her in class, and it was uh, pretty bad. I was—I didn't realize how much of an awful kid I was uh, until I started. Like, you know, I tell you stories sometimes where I like—I think it's very funny, and you're like, "Oh, that's just trauma," you know. Like it's the same things. Like I didn't realize stuff that I thought was funny as a kid was just me being a little asshole, you know. Like that poor teacher. I mean, don't rip kids' Pokemon cards. Obviously, that's goes without saying. Are you in the live chat right now? I'm texting Casey. He's going to call in in a second. Yeah, is he? That's good. I miss the word minutes. I love him so much. I know. It's been a whole week. He's at, uh, he's at Thanksgiving with his Nana. I, I said uh, if his Nana gave him a mannequin, does that make her a Nanakin? Nanakin Skywalker? <laughs> 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 Casey loved the, that joke. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him that one, too. <clears throat> oh, dude, you're fucking... So uh, we are filming for uh, the TV show about Brody Lowballer, which is fucking awesome. We're having a good time. And you... Most of the time when you make puns, I groan, or I'm like, God damn it. You say stupid jokes. And so you're trying to get me to make that face for a scene, and you told... Knock, knock. Who's there? Europe. Europe No, Europe <laughs> So you told me Shout that. out to Sam Ember. <laughs> so you told me that. I started laughing. You're like, what the fuck? That, that's the one you like? <laughs> Here's what better. It gets worse. I'm at Thanksgiving dinner. And we're sitting around. And I was like, uh, my uncle Kevin told me a joke. And I fucking wish I could remember it. He always has the best stupid little jokes. Like two batteries walk into a bar. The bartender says, you can drink, but don't start anything. It's just like shit like that. It's awesome. He's the uncle that'll be like, you got something on your shirt. Whoop. <laughs> Get your nose. He still gets me at 30. But <laughs> it's because I spill a lot. <laughs> but, but I told that joke at the table. And I did not knock. And they came back with it. And then everyone at the table just looks at me while I'm laughing. And Brittany's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then my Aunt Tina is like, well, I was going to ask if when you heard that you are having like a bad day. But you seem to be laughing pretty hard right now, too. <laughs> It's a great joke. No, that's good. That, that means that they have such high standards for your comedy that they were disappointed that you went below your standard. God, every time that they say they've tuned into an episode of this, I'm like, oh, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad watches all of them. Dude, I feel so bad because I shit on your dad and call him gay, which I'm proud of him for being gay. He should, he should, <laughs> he should, like, he should embrace that. But he's such a nice guy. He's, he's a, a cool dude. He's a genuinely cool dude. So... Shout out Eli's gay dad. <laughs> I don't think he's gay, man. I think he's just sick of women. Like, I get it. But he's, he's pretty gay. 
I'm not going to go into my, my points. <laughs> I have a, the, like Woodrow Wilson, I've got like 14 points of diplomacy that prove your dad's gay. My dad was really mad what you said about Jews uh, sucking the foreskin. But we Googled it, and, that, and there was like, is, is it just like an anti-Semitic rumor that people started that they're sucking it? Or was it like uh, an antiquated tradition that they stopped? I think my dad's whole angle is, even if it's true, like, don't worry about it. No. Because that's why Catholics keep raping kids. That's why I don't get along with my dad when it comes to politics. Because even if it's true, don't he's worry just, about it. He's it's just a terrible solution. Yeah, well, his, his, his whole thing is like, Eli, I'm 75, I'm retired, I don't have to worry about any of this stuff anymore. And I'm like, then why are you telling me to go out and vote for not Trump? Yeah, but you're it, not 75 and retired. Yeah, so then let me use my own mind. Yeah, you're going to be here long after he's dead, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's in, he's a, he has abs. He's in great shape. Dude, my dad told me that he hurt. He's my dad's always been very athletic. He played college baseball and basketball. My dad played trombone. That's awesome. Rusty. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say your dad does like two bone guys, but uh, anyways, it's fine. I didn't need to. Uh, but my dad was you like, said it. Yeah, I know. He's been like getting in shape because pandemic and stuff. He's uh, teaching classes in Houston right now, but so he's you know trying to get in shape and. He told me he was almost back to having a six-pack. I was like, God, how are you my dad? <laughs> you're going to have a six-pack? And I got this? Well, you've made it clear that your weight is your choice. Yeah, my body, my choice. But the, the thing is, all of the terrible food habits that I learned came from him. Like, I remember distinctly being at my mom's house when, like, we lived with my grandma. And we'd eat home-cooked meals, and I'd have to eat all of my vegetables. And Dude, we'd you, can still, once a week. you can still do that. You Listen, just have to work out. But then I'd go to my dad's house, and then I got to have pizza. And it was like, that's way better. You know who introduced me to my favorite dessert in the world? The Choco Taco? My father. You know where I got him? Taco Bell drive throughs That used to be a thing. You could order, like, savory tacos. Casey Rocket's calling in. And then a sweet taco afterwards. Speaking of a sweet taco, it's Casey Rocket. Hey, Casey. How's it going? Hey, buddy. Happy worm. Am I on, am I on the air? Yeah, I'm holding you to the mic. Yes! Hey, welcome to Worm Mobile. Press one for a mud pie. Press two for a, press two for a little wiggle noise. <laughs> Did you press one or two? Uh, we pressed one. Okay. Mud pie, baby! Um, okay, uh... I'm in the middle of a busy uh, in the middle of a busy shopping complex, and everybody's staring at me. <laughs> so, hope you're hope you're happy. So happy. Keep, so keep moving. Happy. Keep moving, Republicans. The, the real fucking worm boys are talking. Well, guess I'll tell you a little bit about my worms giving this uh, last evening. I showed up in my best tuxedo, and I had a suitcase full of worm. And I realized I was at the wrong house, and <laughs> every, everybody started screaming. And uh, I should have known it was the wrong house. I had to jimmy the locks, and I brought a whole. Basically, I was trying to do a breaking and entering. And 
It worked. I got inside, not to brag. And I put a very special worm pizza on the counter for the kids to discover in the morning. And uh, then I sat by the fireplace and I warmed my toes. And I had a cup of mud. And I watched watched Grace and Frankie on Netflix. And I went to sleep in the closet for a little bit. And then I got out and I took a taxi to Portland, Maine, and had a lobster tail sandwich. It was so good. Oh, it was to die for. And then I said a prayer to the turkey and I went to sleep. And I drew a picture of a pilgrim in my notebook. I'll send it to you when we get off the phone. And, <laughs> and basically, I... Uh, asked my dad if I could get a trampoline for Christmas. He said yes. So, yeah, this shit's been going pretty badass for me. Uh, Where are you going to put the trampoline? I miss you guys. I hope you've been uh, minding your manners while I'm gone. (laughs) Casey, where are you going to put the trampoline? Where am I going to put it? Yeah. I'll probably just, like, put it in the park or something because I don't have a house. Uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't really think about that. <laughs> I'll see if, like, any of my friends have, like, a pickup truck. We could do, like, a mobile trampoline or something. But for now, yeah, I'll probably just put it in Zilker Park in Austin and just jump when I get free time. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's all pretty exciting, man. It's a real whirlwind. You heard that I got the pilot approved on True TV. (laughs) What? What? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to impress you guys. Is Mike is Mike growing at all? Is he still the same size since I left? Oh, he's he's a little bigger. You know how the holidays go. Cool, man. Mike's so jolly. Love you, Mike. Love you, Casey. See you guys soon. All right. Love you, man. Have a good Thanksgiving. Love you. Thank you. Happy Worm Day. (laughs) Worm, 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 worm. I think that was my favorite one yet. Holy shit. That was so good. That was fucking amazing. I'm so glad I pressed one for Mud Pie. Yeah. (laughs) I want to press two, though. What I would give. To have seen the people watching Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine some... I, I think I saw he was in Hilton Head. But, I mean, that's a nice area. It's a nice beach. So some, like, hoity-toity, like, upper-middle-class Karen is, is at a shopping center. And then she just sees Casey Rocket in a parking lot going, hee-hee-hee. <laughs> <laughs> She's just watching, just in horror. What's, what was going through her head? Have, have you ever seen uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Yeah, we talked about this. Not in a while. It's my favorite movie of all time. But there's a scene where Hunter S. Thompson has a cameo where they're in San Francisco talking about uh, doing like LSD in, I think, the 60s when it was, or something like that, when it's peaking. But he talks about like, it, he, this dude, is like, you want to do some LSD? And he pours it, and he goes, it's on my shirt. And so then this dude starts licking the LSD off his shirt, and then this normal guy walks in, 
and he just sees the dude licking the acid. He's like, and he'll always think behind that door, there's a man licking LSD off of another man's shirt, enjoying unfathomable pleasure. <laughs> and like, it just talks about it breaking his brain. And I was thinking, like, that has to be what it's like when someone sees the worm report for the first time. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Or overhears any of our conversations in public. God, yeah. I'm always so envious of people that hear us talk in public. <laughs> like, I never overhear funny conversations like that, you know? I might be, like, the biggest narcissist because I just am really jealous that I can't listen to the Giggle Boys. <laughs> you, can, like, you can. No, but I already know it. <laughs> I, did you I should th- take a bunch of Xanax. We should record an episode, and then you can listen to it for the first time. That might actually be a terrible idea. <laughs> That's an awful idea, Eli. You want to do it, huh? So bad. <laughs> so bad and put it on Patreon. I mean, you don't say terrible things when you're on Xanax. You just do dumb things. Oh, boy, do I. I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to babysit you the rest of the day if we did that. Oh, it would be a nightmare of a couple days, probably. I'd have a lot of fun. It would be very fun. I think that when I take enough Xanax, I become a panda. <laughs> <laughs> I essentially just run around just very friendly and just roll around a lot, fall over. Yeah. I'm just a friendly dude. <laughs> and, I, and I do dumb animal things. Like that one time I was barred out at a party. We were watching like UFC with your friends. And I, oh, yeah. And then they were like, hey, your friend spilled beer all over the floor and then kicked it under the, the couch or something. <laughs> yeah. I think I like dropped my white claw and then was just like under the couch. <laughs> I don't remember any of it. I tweeted. I have a tweet from that day where I said, I'm uncomfortable and I'm really high. So I'm going to make everyone around me uncomfortably high. <laughs> and then I just kept passing my pen around like, hit it. <laughs> until all of them were like and I was like yeah now we're on the same level yeah <laughs> alright we're at an hour 12 okay well then let's do another two hours and <laughs> no no uh, do you have any other plugs that you wanted to get out there anything else you got coming up nah it's a Brody Lowballer bunch uh, giggleboys.com check out the website There's click around we got merch we've had merch do we do have merch it would be a great gift to give your loved ones for the holidays yeah some merch and we are uploading the uh, my wonderful wife Brittany uh, took a video of us doing the roast battle so we're putting that on Patreon so patreon.com slash giggleboys and we also have some uh, exclusive Brody Lowballer raps on Patreon yeah and we'll, we'll splice in one of them and give you a little taste on the next episode yeah, um, and hey, uh, thank you for, for tuning into the show. We sincerely appreciate it. I don't think I've said that in a while, but this is really cool to get to do this, honestly. I, this started as having a conversation with my best friend and us being idiots and going, oh, we should record it. And it's such a narcissistic endeavor to try and make your conversations good content for people. And we appreciate you all tuning in and giving us feedback. Uh, we, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you very much. Yeah, a warm uh, holiday welcome from Mike Eaton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just be a narcissist and everything will work out. I'm thankful for you Or believe in yourself, whatever you want to call it. All right. See you next week.